Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is to see everyone attend church and hear from God daily through His Word. The Bible reveals God's responses to various situations, and through daily devotions, we can reshape our thought patterns, transform our minds, and become more Christ-like. Join us here every Monday through Friday as different pastors and leaders from Fusion Church provide insightful devotions and teachings based on the day's scripture. For the current SOAP reading plan, visit fusionchurch.cc soap and join us as we deepen our understanding and relationship with God. All right, good morning, good morning, Fusion Church, 6 a.m. SOAP. How are you guys feeling today? It is a uh, beautiful, cold morning. I see some of y'all looking. Nicole, I see you. You know, you got your face covered up. I don't know how many layers you want got on right now, but whew, it is cold, cold. Um, but you know what? Today's the day the Lord has made. Amen. And um, so we're gonna we're gonna celebrate this weekend. We have Freedom Conference. Freedom Conference, come on, Freedom Warriors. Are you guys ready for what God is going to do this weekend? Um, the planning has taken place, the preparations, things have been purchased, speakers are ready, getting ready to go. Um, we are excited participants. If you are a participant in the Freedom um, uh, curriculum this semester, come on, you know it's been an amazing time of growth, and uh, we're just excited, guys. We're excited. So uh, tomorrow is a day of fasting and prayer for the Freedom Conference. So whether you're a participant or a volunteer, take some time to fast. We're not telling you what kind of fast to do, how long to do it, what the parameters of the fast. No, just take some time. Fast something. Food, social media, news, whatever. Whatever. Entertainment, whatever. And spend time in prayer. Whether you are a participant, volunteer, or not. All right? Even if you, if you have nothing to do with the Freedom Conference this semester. Please be in prayer for us, okay? This is the biggest conference we've put on um, to date for freedom here at Fusion Church. So um, every prayer, everyone interceding for us um, is well received, and um, and we just we just love it. It's going to be an amazing time. I'm excited. This is my umpteenth freedom conference. I know a lot of us have been through, have done been part of so many freedom conferences. And how is it that God's always able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask, think, or imagine? Every single conference, it gets better and better and better. Every single conference, we have lives that are changed. You know, healings that takes place, restorations that take place, you know, chains that have been strongholds have come down from people. So come on, listen, I'm excited. I'm pumped up. If you guys can't tell, I'm excited. I'm on cup two of my Bustelo. So, you know, I'm ready to go. Come on. So I'm going to pray and we're going to jump into it today. We're in second Chronicles eight we're seeing uh solomon completing the temple um and some of the things that went into that and we're going to begin to see some of the mistakes that he made in his life let's pray father we thank you lord we thank you and we love you father for what you are doing in our lives who you are father and 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 for who who you designed us to be father created in your image lord god and lord i pray as we we go into this this 
this conference, this weekend of freedom, Jesus, Lord, that you will be at every single part of it, Lord, the beginning, the end, the middle, and all around Jesus. I pray for this time right now, Lord, as we're we're digging into your word, Father, and, and learning more about Solomon, Father, and his reign, Jesus, that, that you would just open up our minds, open up our hearts, Lord God, so we could see new truths um, from your word, Lord God, and, and, and glean those new things that we that we can apply to our own lives, Father. Lord, we praise you and we love you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. All right, 2 Chronicles 8, and I am reading from the New King James Version. It came to pass at the end of 20 years when Solomon had built the house of the Lord and his own house, that the cities which Hiram had given to Solomon, Solomon built them and he settled the children of Israel there. And Solomon went to, to Hamath Zobah and seized it. He also built Tadmar in the wilderness and all the stored cities which he built in Hamath. He built Upper Beth Horon and Lower Beth Horon, fortified cities with walls, gates, and bars, also Balath and all the stored cities that Solomon had, and all the chariot cities and the cities of the cavalry, and all the, that Solomon desired to build in Jerusalem and Lebanon and in all the land of his dominion. All the people who were left of the Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites, who were not of Israel, that is, their descendants who were left in the land after them, whom the city, whom the children of Israel did not destroy, from these Solomon raised forced labor as it is to this day. But Solomon did not make the children of Israel servants for his work. Some were men of war, captains of his officers, captains of his chariots, and his cavalry, and others were chiefs of the officials of King Solomon, 250 who ruled over the people. Now Solomon brought the daughter of Pharaoh up from the city of David to the house he had built for her. For he said, My wife shall not dwell in the house of King David, of King of David, King of Israel, because the places to which the ark of the Lord has come are holy. Then Solomon offered burnt offerings to the Lord on the altar of the Lord, which he had built before the vestibule, according to the daily rate, offering according to the commandment of Moses for the Sabbaths, the new moons, and the three appointed yearly feasts, the feast of unleavened bread, the feast of weeks, and the feast of tabernacles. And according to the order of David, his father, he appointed the divisions of the priests for their service, the Levites for their duties to praise and serve before the priests, as the duty of each day required, and the gatekeepers of their divisions at each gate. For so David, the man of God, had commanded. They did not depart from the command of the king to the priests and Levites concerning any matter or concerning the treasuries. Now all the work of Solomon was well ordered from the day of the foundation of the house of the Lord until it was finished. So the house of the Lord was completed. Then Solomon went to Ezion Geber and Elath on the seacoast in the land of Edom. And Hiram sent him ships by the hand of his servants and servants who knew the sea. They went with the servants of, of Solomon to Ophir and acquired 450 talents of gold from there and brought it to King Solomon. Amen. Amen. All right. Stretch. Get you the, your, your sip of Bustelo. And let's get into it. So in Second Chronicles 8, uh, King Solomon continues... Uh, to consolidate his reign over Israel, he completes the palace, um, the construction of his of the temple. He established various cities and fortified other cities. He 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 reinforced trade alliances with other kings and other nations. And this this chapter really highlights his his dedication to fulfilling God's command and organizing um, the kingdom of Israel. Um, verse one. It says at the end of 20 years. So it took Solomon about seven years to complete the temple. 
And then it took him about 13 years to finish his palace, um, which I find kind of interesting that you spend more time on your own house, you know, you, you, your own crib than you, than you did spending it, you know, on the, the temple of God, right? Um, considering how much time and preparation and years and years and years of uh, planning for the temple, you know, and you spent more than, you know, about double that time on just your own house. But what do I know? You know, I'm just a dude from Violin, New Jersey. But for me, that doesn't make sense. But regardless, at the end of 20 years, his kingdom was secure. His kingdom was stable. His kingdom was blessed. You know, the, the following verses, verse four, um, talks about how he built, verse five, he built this, he built that, verse six, and all that Solomon desired to build in Jerusalem. This this, this passage is, is reflecting Solomon's great heart and Solomon's great ambition as a builder. You know, he he energetically settled new cities and, and built stored cities. He built fortifications, chariot cities, and, and cities of the cavalry. Chariot cities, um, they were these were cities um, specifically designated for storing the chariots of war during peacetime. All right. Same thing with cities, cities of cavalry. Cities of cavalry were cities where the horsemen um, they lived and their families they settled in. First Kings nine seems to contradict some of this. Okay, but it's all all about context and how you read. The problem comes in in reconciling the mention of the cities of that that the Hiram gave to Solomon. First Kings nine eleven through fourteen indicates that they were given by Solomon to Hiram, and and while the text um, um, being wrong is possible, it seems more probable that they had um, he had returned them to Solomon, um, either because they were unacceptable or because. Um, they had been uh, collateral for a loan. So sometimes when you read the scriptures, guys, listen, you know, it's like, so right here, we're, we're in we're in second Chronicles, right? So first and second Chronicles are very much, very similar to first and second Kings, right? A lot of the stories are the same. Okay. But sometimes when they seem contradictory, they're not contradictory. What it is, is that you have different authors writing about the same thing. Okay, and different authors are going to put a different spin on it. All right, so we know we we can't get too wrapped up on, well, this says this, but this says this, and it's the same people. It's just two different points of views. All right, but the the, the emphasis on chariots and cavalry shows um, that Solomon did not take God's word as seriously as he should have. Okay, so here he is, Solomon. He's got this great victory. Temple is built, right? Since before he was born, his father was planning for this. As he was growing up, his father talked about this. And here it is, right? The fruition of all these, you know, decades and decades of planning, right? And Solomon's already messing up. He's appointing whole cities to to to, to um, house his his chariots, cities to, to to house his horses, right? But but De uh, Deuteronomy seventeen verse six, God spoke spoke specifically to the future kings of Israel, and God said, "He shall not multiply horses for himself." And here we're reading; it's exactly what Solomon is doing. God said, "The future kings will." Do not do this. 
And Solomon's like, I think I'm still going to do this, right? And what's interesting is that kings were required to read the word. They were required to know the first five books, what we would call the first five books of, of uh, uh, the Bible, the Torah. They were supposed to, they were told to do this. So he knew the law and he was still doing what he wanted to do. It would have been much better if Solomon possessed a heart reflected in Psalms, uh, the book of Psalms, chapter 20, verse 7, where it says, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. We're seeing here that Solomon, as wise as he was, as smart, intelligent, wise as he was, his heart was starting to turn a little bit. Verse 8 says, from these Solomon raised forced labor. We talked about, it talks about the different nations that still lived within Israel, that Israel had defeated. Now their descendants, they were still there. And, and so, so Solomon was using these people um, as forced labor. Um, and this is also described in 1 Kings 5, uh, uh, verses 15 through 18. Um, it says in verse 9, Solomon did not make the children of Israel servants for his work. Israel Israelites were, were used for the work of building the temple and the building of Solomon's palace. Um, but they were not forced labor. Instead, they were often used um, to manage the forced labor of the other people. Verse 11 says, uh, and this, this is where it's going to get a little bit sketchy, guys. Solomon brought the daughter of Pharaoh up from the city of David to the house he had built for her. This marriage to the princess of Egypt was the first of Solomon's many, 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 many unwise marriages that he had. All right. You know, my man had a thousand wives and concubines. It's crazy. Right. Makes no sense. It's insane. Right. And this is the first one. He married the princess of Egypt. And, and these unwise marriages really launched the spiritual downfalls of Solomon. Right? This is the beginning of his spiritual downfall. Because he, he writes, My wife shall not dwell in the house of David, king of Israel, because the places to which the ark of the Lord has come are holy. With this statement solomon is admitting that his wife was an unbeliever and his wife was unholy yeah what did he do he still went and married her now most of his marriages were um for political gain you know to to gain new territory to to, to make alliances okay granted but that does not negate the fact that she did not believe in the one true God. She was a pagan. She was unholy, right? Um, and, and again, this, this begins to lead Solomon down a very wicked path. And this is, this is proof that even Solomon considered his wife to be a heathen, right? He still considered her to be a heathen. And, and, and she was not proper. She was not good enough to dwell in the place any places that were sanctified. You know, at this point, Solomon um, had not yet departed from, from the, the, the way of God. We're going to read later on how Solomon began to get into idolatry. 
He started to worship the, the pagan gods of his many wives. At this point, uh, he still believed in God. He still worshiped God. But he had a chink in his armor, right? And he was allowing certain things to get through, you know? And that is how the enemy works. He speaks to us and he says, that, that little thing's okay. You're going to be all right over here. You know, I would even argue the enemies, you know, he'll, he'll even say, like, listen, you still love the Lord. You still serve him faithfully. It's okay if you allow this little thing into your life. You know, you can control it, right? How about that lie? You can control it. You can master this. You got this. And little things begin to come in. Little sins begin to come in. We begin to allow how about this? Even if we're not doing things, we allow certain things to be around us. We allow certain practices to take place around us, right? We're not participating in it, but our silence is acceptance to whatever it is that's going on. Solomon knew what he did was wrong, even knew to the point where he had to build another place for this woman to live. That was outside, you know, the area of the temple and the palace. He built a place just for her. Now, no doubt she was fine as wine, right? You know what I'm saying? No doubt she was not an ugly woman. But her heart was not for God. So she could have been the most beautiful thing in the world, right? But inside, inside she was ugly. Inside, she was a heathen, and inside, she began the downfall of Solomon because he allowed that. He allowed this to happen, and, and you know, he he considered his wife to be a heathen. He considered her not proper to dwell in a place which had had been sanctified, and, and, and so this this he 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 was working against the law of God. Solomon married this woman and many other uh, wives, and again, again, no doubt for political gain, and he probably hoped, again, a lie of the enemy, that his, 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 his wisdom could overcome the paganism that he was bringing into the kingdom, right? Overcome by his strange wives, he shamefully yielded to them. Eventually, they wore him down. And how do they wear him down? By their acts, their, their types of worship, the things that they were doing. By turning a blind eye, he's accepting it. And he gets more comfortable with it. And eventually he's okay with it. And then eventually he's participating in it. That's how sin works. That's how sin works in all of our lives. That's why it's so important, guys, that you have a hedge of protection around you, right? That you, yourself, are solidly in the word of God. You were daily spending time with him, right? And you have a circle around you of fellow believers, right? Guys, get you some brothers around you who love the Lord, who are going to hold you accountable. Ladies, get some women around you, right, that love the Lord, who are not going to take any nonsense from anything that you're going to do, right? Get them around you. Solomon did not do that, right? He did not do that. 
you know, and then so, so by building a house for Pharaoh's daughter outside of Jerusalem, he was opening up the gates of God's city to Pharaoh's gods. Think about it like that. This was God's city, right? City dedicated to the Lord, his temple, his presence, right? But what did my man Solomon do? Open up the gates and say, come on, gods of Egypt, come on in. It's cool. I'm going to set up a little corner for you over there. Just stay there. Just, it's okay. You know what I'm saying? Because my wife is fine. She's fine, fine. So just stay, just stay over there, right? But it seeps into the kingdom, right? It seeps into the kingdom. Listen, a marriage is only blessed if the two are in one spirit, if the two have a common love for Christ and together they are endeavoring for his glory. Solomon and his wives, they were not of one spirit. They did not have a common love for God and they were not endeavoring for God's glory. And when you have spouses that have two different belief systems, it will not work. I'm sorry. I know we are all in different circumstances, and I'm not saying there's no ever a chance for for for, for restoration or, or or the one partner or, or the other to to find Christ. No, everyone's circumstances are different. But if we are allowing things to happen, that's why if you are in a if you are in a relationship and your your significant other is not a believer in Christ, it is you know. And and again, some of us you know. You, you you found the Lord and your and your significant other hasn't yet, or they may be struggling or whatever, whatever circumstances. But if you are the believer in a marriage, let's talk about marriage, right? Because if you ain't married, you ain't have no obligation to do nothing. Okay. That's if you ain't married, you know, and you with someone who is not a believer, listen. Pastor Jason says, cut it off. Cut it off. Because they're going to bring you down. Now, if you're a believer and your significant other is not a believer, it is time, and I'm sure you're already doing it, to buckle down, baby, and just continue to pray and intercede and believe that the Lord is going to do a great thing. Believe. Thank God now for the victory, the victory that's already going to happen. Right. Pray that the Lord will soften their heart. Pray that the Lord will will come to them in dreams and visions. Pray that the Lord will that the Holy Spirit will convict them. Right. And it's not our job. Listen, it is not our job to save our spouse. It is our job to pray for and intercede for, right? And stand in the gap for our spouse and allow the Holy Spirit to hope to be the Holy Spirit. Because guess what? He's been doing his this job a whole lot longer than we've been around. I'm pretty sure he knows what he's doing. Amen. But if you are not married, if you're not legally bound to the person and they are not a believer and you're trying to get your junk right, cut it off. Stop it because they're going to do nothing but bring you down, right? I love him. I love her. They're the one. Oh, okay. Okay. How has it been working out for you lately? Probably not that good. And I can't, and listen, I'm not a betting man. Bob, Doug, I'm not a betting man. But if I were to bet, I would, I would, I would bet that anytime the subject of God gets brought up, 
more often than not, it gets it, people get angry. They don't want to hear it. There's controversy. There's fighting, right? Cut it off. Cut it off. Because it's going to do nothing but bring you down. It's going to bring you down. There is nothing more terrible than when, when either person in a relationship admits in, in the secrecy of the heart that I cannot take my husband or my wife to church, right? Solomon admitted he could not take his wife, his, his new wife, to the temple. He specifically kept her separated. Why? Because he knew it was wrong. He knew it was wrong. And he brought her in. All right? Now, again, hear my heart. Hear my heart. I know there are different circumstances. Not everyone's story is the same. Okay? But let's look at Solomon's example. He was a believer in Yahweh. He was a believer in God. And he brought in a pagan wife. He brought her in. Okay, it's much different if they were both not following God and then he follows God and it's different. Okay. So, so let me, let me get off this because I'm going to keep going on a tangent. Y'all know me. And when, listen, when it comes to marriages, they are near and dear to my heart. A lot of you guys know my testimony. I'm not veering off too crazy, Doug. I'm, I'm not going, going too crazy, but when it comes to marriages, listen, there's, there, there's something that we need to be fighting for, right? We need to be fighting for marriages. Right. And you I, I am not the one to try to, to try to cut come against when it comes to this topic. OK, because I'm just not the one. That's all I'm going to say. It's all I'm going to say, Nicole. I'm not the one. Right. So. Verse 12 says that Solomon offered burnt offerings. He did this in, in accordance with 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 the commanded uh, morning and evening um, services that were prescribed in the book of Numbers, chapter eighteen, um, verses one through eight, and he he administered the, the 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 burnt offerings for Israel, and he he observed the various other sacrifices um, that were commanded by the law of Moses. So here, even that, even here, he's still observing the law of the Lord, the law of Moses. He's going to church, right? He's praying, he's sacrificing, he's doing all this. But back at the crib, he got someone who's not observing, not alongside him, right? That's speaking negative into him. That's trying to influence his heart. Verse 14, according to the order of David, his father, he appointed the divisions of the priests for their service. Solomon, he carried out the administration for the temple services um, as it was originally organized by King David in 1 Chronicles chapter 24. Now, all the work of Solomon was well ordered. Verse 16, this is this is a, a reflection of Solomon's great wisdom and, and, and an answer to his prayer for, for help in leading the kingdom of Israel, according to 1 Kings 3. Just because of Solomon was allowing sin in the place didn't take away from his giftings, didn't take away from his calling, right? He was just starting to get a little bit confused, okay? He was still doing the work of God, and that's what's so dangerous when we allow sin in the camp, when we allow sin to take root, when we have we allow sin to have a place in our heart that we tell, we lie to ourselves and say, I can control this right? It's just this one little thing. I want to put it right here. I'm just going to, no one's going to see it, right? But what, what does rot do? Slowly takes over, right? 
if you have water damage in your house, it could be behind the walls. It could be in your baseboards, under your floors, and you have no idea. And on the surface, everything looks good, right? But but what happens? <laughs> starts to stink, right? You start to smell some stuff. You're like, man, what is that? You know, I know, I know, I know. I took a shower this morning. What what is that? It's the rot that's starting to to eat and kill and destroy your home. We cannot allow sin to take root in our lives, in our soul, because it's just going to begin to fester and multiply and become nasty. And then you're going to start seeing it in your own life. You're going to see it in the way you interact with people. You're going to see it in the, in the fact that, oh man, Pastor Brendan didn't preach the message that I wanted him to preach. I guess I'm just not going to come to church anymore. Oh, Pastor Jason didn't say hi to me this week. He said hi to me last week, but not this week. He must have a problem with me. I guess I'm not going to go to church anymore. That is something that is festering and manifesting, right? And is causing um, division in your own life, right? We got to get rid of it. We got to get rid of it. We have to see the lesson of Solomon and then not allow, you know, his example to, to go unnoticed for us to just look at this as a story. This is not just a story. This is an example of what not to do. Um, and so it goes on to talk about how, you know, he went to different, different cities and um, it says he went to Ezion Gaber and Elath and, and that was on the sea coast. And it was kind of interesting is that Israelites, they weren't a seafaring people. Right, they weren't a maritime people. They knew how to navigate the, the the lakes, you know, and the seas within land, you know. But the ocean, not so much. Um, so of course, he had to use other people, other people, uh, other nations to 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 help with that. Um, and uh, verse eighteen says they went with the servants of Solomon to Ophir and, and acquired four hundred and fifty talents of gold from there. Um, it's hard to tell um, today where the land of, of Ophir was, um, it may be in like Southern Arabia, um, or, or along the Eastern coast of Africa. We're not really sure. Um, but it just shows Solomon's great enterprise and, um, him being, uh, an industrious King, you know, to expand the kingdom, expand trade, expand influence and wealth in Israel, you know? And so on the outside, right. When we look at Solomon on the outside, he was a great king, right? Now, he was never going to be King David. King David is the greatest king that Israel ever had, right? But Solomon, his son, is a very close second, right? But Solomon, as great as he was, at this point, Israel was living in peace, prosperity. You know, people were wealthy. And, and he allowed the small sin to take place. And we're going to continue to read as we continue on in the in the book of Second Chronicles, the different wives he allowed to come in, you know, this wife, this wife, concubines, and all this stuff. And we're going to see how how he starts to really uh, veer off from the path that he was on, and what results in that. And we're going to read after the death of King Solomon, the nation of Israel was split. How does a nation that's so powerful, so wealthy, go from being at the top, top, top to being split in half? Because King Solomon allowed sin in the camp. King Solomon allowed things to take place. King Solomon allowed sin to permeate, and he did nothing about it. He allowed it, and he participated in it. Brothers and sisters, listen, hear my heart. I love you. 
what is that thing that you were allowing in your life? What is that that small sin? Who are those people that you got to remove from your life? Because God has a plan for your life. He's got a purpose. He has a calling for each and every single one of us. And we will never see it. We will never see it if we allow sin to take root. Because there's always going to be a distraction. There's always going to be something that's going to come. It's going to we're going to be pitting ourselves against the wall, right? How oftentimes do we are we praying to God and we're praying and we're praying? And we're like, God, how come you're not speaking to me? God, I'm I'm crying out to you. I don't hear anything from you. Maybe there's a sin that's blocking you. Maybe there's something that's 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 almost like a shield stopping your prayers. So come on, dig in, pray tomorrow whether you're part of um, the Freedom Conference or not, spend some time in prayer and fasting and ask the Lord. Ask the Lord, what are those things? What have I allowed? What have I allowed? And and who are those people I need to bring around me? Who's that inner circle that I got I to gotta have surrounding me that are going to help keep me accountable, be praying for me, going to lift me up when I'm falling down? Who are those people? Because I'm telling you, you find those people and you get that junk out, right? And you have those who are gonna who are gonna a journey with you in this life, I'm telling you, God will move in miraculous ways. I've seen it in my life, I've seen it in a lot of your lives. So even if you're I'm gonna end this now because because Bob is giving me that head nod, like hurry it up, Jason. Let's go. Come on, let's go. You know, I got stuff to do. Um listen. <laughs> listen we love you guys and we are always here for you and we will journey with you we will pray with you right and if and if you need help with any of these things there are plenty of brothers and sisters here who will who will help keep you accountable help keep you on on, on the right path because i'm telling you when we do things the right way when we get sent out of the camp right? When we're journeying through a situation and we don't know, but we bring people around us, God sees all all those things, right? We need to do our part. All Solomon had to do was, well, first of all, not marry that chick, right? Just like, hey, we ain't going to do that. But even once he did it, he allowed things to come in. If he were just to repent and said, no, we can't do this. You know, I don't care about alliances. I don't care about treaties. Like, I follow the Lord, Israel would have remained whole. Israel would have remained whole. And they probably would have been in an even greater standing with the rest of the world. But he allowed sin, right? Do your part, guys. God will do the rest. And I'm going to end right here. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. I thank you for, for, for a man like Solomon, Father, not just because he was one of the one of the great kings of Israel, not because he was the wisest man who ever um, was on earth, Father, not because he was one of the richest people on earth, Lord God, but because he was a, he was a man who failed and, 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 and he made mistakes, Father, Lord, because we all do that. No one is perfect. We've all been there. All of us are still there in, in different different ways, Lord God. But Father, thank you for that example, Lord God, and we so that we can redirect, Father. We can get our focus back on you, Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would reveal those areas in our lives, Father, that that we need to we need to just open up to you, Lord God. Allow you to get in there and clean it up, get rid of the junk, Father. I pray that you would bring to mind uh, uh, those people in our lives that we need to remove. 
and not and not just remove and, and just not never love, but Father, like remove to not have an influence in our lives. Lord, be with us, keep us, guide us. We love you. Be with us during this weekend, this this this, this busy weekend of freedom, Lord God. We thank you, Father, for the victory that's going to take place, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Father, for the strongholds that are going to be broken. We thank you for the healings, Father, Lord. We thank you for the encounters with your Holy Spirit that people are going to have. Some, some, maybe most for the first time, a true, genuine experience with your son, Jesus Christ, Lord God. We thank you for that, Lord. Father, we praise you and we love you. We thank you for all these things. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. All right, guys, love you all. I will see a lot of you this weekend and the rest I'll see next week. God bless.